Hey, this is Paul Doherty. I'm the pastor of Victory Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today on the podcast. I hope this message inspires you. I hope it builds your faith. I hope it reminds you that God is not finished with you yet, and your best days are right in front of you. Enjoy the message. I want to welcome those that are watching online and on TV all over the world. We're so glad that you tuned in with us. But if you have a Bible, go to Acts 28. Acts 28. Come on. Has anyone ever had a bad day before? (laughs) You're like, yep. Uh, Maybe right now. (laughs) Maybe on the way to church. Maybe some things that happened that you weren't planning on. Really, that's the story of the Apostle Paul. I mean, he goes from, from one bad day to another bad day, from one bad experience to another bad experience. But the amazing thing that we learn from the Apostle Paul is that he just keeps on smiling. No matter what comes his way, no matter what catastrophes he faces, he just keeps on moving forward. And here's what we're going to learn today from the Apostle Paul is that bad days happen. Bad things happen even to good people. But we have a choice. Everybody say, I have a choice. My response will determine my results in this life. I can't determine what you do to me. I can't determine what life throws at me, but I can determine how I respond to what life throws my way, what you say to me, what you do to me. So in Acts 28, I want to go to verse 1. Paul said, once we were safely on shore, by the way, when he says safely on shore, they shipwrecked on this island. If you were here last week, we talked about the storm that Paul walked through. I mean, he should have died. It was a crazy hurricane. And he says, once we safely arrived on shore, we found out that this island we were on was called Malta. Everybody say Malta. So here Paul finds himself on an island that he wasn't planning to be on. Paul was wanting to go to Rome, but he's stranded in Malta. Malta was a place that wasn't really part of Paul's journey. It wasn't a dream destination. It wasn't someplace that he was hoping one day to visit. It wasn't part of the ministry itinerary. In fact, it felt like a setback for Paul. Have you ever been to Malta before in your life? Been in a setback, a place that you didn't plan on being in, a season that you were kind of like, I thought I'd be married by now. Or uh, I thought we would have kids by now. Or I thought our kids would be out of the house by now. Uh, <laughs> It just got real on Father's Day. <laughs> or uh, <laughs> uh, I, thought, I thought I would be this far in my company. I thought I would be promoted by now. I thought I would be here. Paul finds himself in a place that he never thought he would be in, a place that felt like it was backwards. God had told him, Paul, you will go to Rome, but sometimes the way that God leads us, he takes us a few steps backwards so he can propel us forwards. I like A and I like Z. I'm not a huge fan of LMNOP. But here Paul finds himself in the middle waiting for a future destination. Some of you are here right now. You're in the middle. You're in a waiting season. You're you're in Malta. You're in a place where maybe you didn't plan on being. You don't really want to be. And you're trying to figure out how to make the most in Malta. How to make the most in this season that you didn't plan on. So it says the islanders, verse 2, they showed us unusual kindness. Now, These islanders, by the way, they were barbarians. They were cannibals. Typically, they would eat people that landed on this part of the shore. In the Greek translation, these guys were not friendly, but somehow God turned enemies into friends for Paul and his friends. And sometimes God uses the people that you think are against you to actually help you get out of the crisis that you've got into. And you can't be picky when you're in a crisis. You can't be like, I don't want their help. You need all the help you can get when you're on Malta. So you receive the people, and it says the islanders treated Paul and his buddies 
with great kindness. They didn't realize, they were starting to realize that Paul was a prisoner and that 276 people that were on this ship were actually most of them prisoners that had escaped this hurricane and now they're stranded on Malta. And so these islanders are treating them with unusual kindness. They start making a fire. They're welcoming the people. And so Paul is, you know, he's tired. He's weary. The same day that the ship wrecks on Malta, they're building this fire. And Paul decides, you know, even though I'm tired, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get involved. I'm going to help. So he starts picking up sticks and he gets a bundle of sticks in verse 3. And it says, as he's getting closer to the fire, he lays the sticks on the fire. And all of a sudden, a viper jumps out. And when I say viper, I mean like an intense, poisonous snake. This viper jumps out, bites Paul's arm, bites him on the arm, and fastens himself to his arm. Now, I, I wanted to know, what do you do when you are bit by a poisonous snake? So I went online and I looked at all the different directions on what to do when you are bit by a poisonous snake. I wanna know how, how do I handle a poisonous snake bite? So Red Cross had some steps for me and I wanna share them with you. And they said, um, first off, if you haven't been bit by a snake, let's talk about how to avoid poisonous snake bites. <laughs> and it said, number one, stay away from snakes. Stay away from snakes. How many of y'all know there's some snakes in this life? The Bible says that snakes are deceptive, they're cunning, right? They kind of worm themselves into places and they hide in places. And the truth is, in life, there are some people, there are some relationships that are snaky, that are deceptive. They might look one way, but they have venom on the inside. Stay away from snakes. That girl is poison. <laughs> Stay away from snakes that could try to mess. See, some people, they get too close to snakes thinking, I'm just going to have some fun. We're just going to play around. We're just going to do whatever we want to do. This snake won't bite me. I mean, we could sleep around. We can, you know, we could try out this stuff. We could do these drugs. We can try. I mean, we're not going to get hurt. The snakes won't. But they said in order to avoid a poisonous snake bite, the most important thing is stay away from snakes. Then they said the second thing is this, avoid areas of tall grass and brush because it's in the secret places that the poisonous snakes like to hide. It's in the secret places. It's in the places where the eye cannot see. Along that same line, they said, do not put your hands or your feet in dark holes or crevices because snakes like to hide in the dark. You know, I think about how in our own lives, secret sins like to hide in the secret places. They like to hide in the dark. We can appear one way, but underneath it all, there's secret things that are happening in our life. Snakes like to hide in the dark places. There's certain places that you don't belong. There's certain places you shouldn't just go into. There's environments that as a child of God, you say, you know what? I'm not going to go into that place. I'm not going to put my hand in there. I'm not going to stick my foot. I just know it's not good for my destiny. You see, the snake wants to stop you from your purpose. And listen to this. As Paul was getting closer to the fire, that's when the viper jumped out. Snakes only bite when you get closer to your purpose, when you get closer to the fire of God, when you get closer to the things of God. You might think, man, what am I doing wrong? But chances are you're doing something right when the snake tries to bite. Then he says this. He says, stay alert and cautious at all times. This is Red Cross telling you what to do, how to avoid poisonous snakes. Stay alert and cautious at all times. I couldn't help but think about how Paul preached constantly to believers, to churches, be alert, be cautious. For the adversary, the enemy, the devil, he's not stupid. 
Don't underestimate his tactics. He knows how to lure you away. He knows what kind of poison is going to take you out. Did you know 8,000 poisonous snake bites happen a year in the United States? 8,000 poisonous snake bites happen every year just in the USA. 100,000 poisonous snake bites happen in one year in the entire world. 100,000 snake bites. Last year, 11,000 people died in India because of poisonous snake bites. There are certain snakes, I think we've got some pictures of what these snakes might look like, and I want to just show them to you so you can kind of get some ideas. These snakes that slither around, they may look pretty, they may look nice, but they are packed full of venom. Their goal is to stop you from moving forward with your purpose. The devil is cunning and deceptive. He's not stupid. You've got to be cautious. You've got to be alert. The Red Cross training said, let me remind you, snakes can climb. They like to hang from trees right next to your head. I'll never forget. I'll never forget when I was at Camp Victory as a little kid out in Manford, Oklahoma. I remember sitting on this log and I was talking with my friends. I was there with my brother, Daniel Grothy, a couple of guys. I was like seven or eight years old. And we're all talking. All of a sudden, I hear this. And I was looking around. Where is that? And man, I, you know, I start looking around. And this cottonmouth snake was slithering right up near my body, headed towards my head. And it had been crawling up the backside of this wooden log that I was sitting on, and I didn't even know it. I think sometimes we don't even realize that we're so close to things that we should not be near. We're not paying attention to what's going on in our life. It's almost like we're living naive, and we just kind of think the devil's dumb. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's not dumb. The good news is God is so much more powerful than the devil, but don't underestimate your adversary. He's cunning. He knows how to flirt with you, how to get you pulled into that conversation, how to get you to take off your wedding ring, how to get into places you shouldn't be in, talking to people you shouldn't be talking to. His goal is to mess up your marriage, mess up your family, mess up your future, mess up your purity, mess up your thoughts. But the good news is he cannot defeat what God has already blessed. Hell cannot curse what heaven has ordained. So the devil may try all his tactics, but no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And any tongue that rises against you shall be condemned. Everybody say, stay alert. Stay alert. The fourth thing that Red Cross tells us is wear protective clothing when you are near the wilderness. Wear protective clothing. And man, as soon as I saw that, I started thinking about Ephesians 6. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers of this dark world. So therefore, be on your guard. Put on the full armor of God. Wear your protective clothing. You see, when I got the helmet of salvation on, the snake can't bite my mind. He cannot get into my thoughts. He cannot bite the, the negativity in my mind. He can't put poison. When I'm wearing the helmet of salvation, then when I put on the breastplate of righteousness, I'm covering my heart. I'm covering myself from being bitten by life's offenses, from people, from deception from whatever it is that would try to mess with my heart. I put on the belt of truth. What does the belt of truth do? Man, it holds your pants up so you don't have pants on the ground, pants on the ground, looking like a fool with your pants on the ground. 2009, hello. I'm gonna take it back. Everybody say, put your belt on. The belt of truth, it protects me from deception, self-deception. 
It protects me from being deceived in situations I shouldn't be in. Then I put on the shoes of peace. You see, snakes are on the ground, so the first thing they're going to try to bite is your feet. You've got to be wearing the shoes of peace. By the way, it says if you're bitten by a poisonous snake, the first thing you should do is not panic. That's the first thing that I'm thinking I'm going to do. They say, don't panic. You see, when you're wearing the shoes of peace, you might be walking through storms of life, difficulties, but you can have peace even in the middle of the snake bite. You can know. See, Paul had a revelation. This is not how it ends. I know there's a snake hanging from my arm, but this is not how it ends. It's not going to end like this. As a kid, I watched this movie with my brother growing up. It was called Pure Luck. It was with Martin Short, the guy who played Frank on Father of the Bride, one of the three amigos next to Chevy Chase. Come on, somebody. So, so did anybody ever see Pure Luck? All right, so the, the point of the movie was that he went through catastrophe after catastrophe after catastrophe. It was comical, but it was sad. I mean, every bad thing that could happen kept happening to Martin Short, but he had this smile. It was almost like he knew the script of his life that this is not how it ends. I'm gonna make it through this bee sting, through this plane crash, through this car flying off the cliff. Somehow I'm the guy that doesn't die in the movie. You know those guys that just never die in the movie? Like Batman gets killed 20 times, but he's still alive at the end. Come on, somebody say, this is not how it ends. When I'm wearing the shoes of peace, I'm not freaking out about the bad things that may be happening because I know this is not how it ends. And then the full armor of God, Ephesians 6 says, lift up your shield of faith, which blocks every fiery dart of the enemy. I think there's people here today, you've been bitten because you've not lifted up your shield. You've been bitten because you've just kind of been so tired you've forgotten to put on your armor. You've forgotten to be dressed for war, dressed for battle. You've got to keep your shield up. And then the Bible says we have the sword of the Spirit. Again, this is Paul's teaching to us. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. It is my offensive weapon against the enemy. You need to take that sword and chop that snake's head off. You need to chop his head off. I had to do this three weeks ago. I had a snake slithering up into my house on the front driveway. How many of y'all know there's been some snakes in Tulsa lately? There's been some snakes. There's been an increase of snakes in our state. But you know what? You have power over every dark, deceptive spirit that tries to come into your house, that tries to mess with your family, that tries to mess with your mind, that tries to mess with your future. You got to cut his head off. But remember, when you cut a snake's head off, it can still bite. This actually happened on the news, like this was on the news two weeks ago. Some guy chopped off a rattlesnake head and he went down to go pick up the body and the, sna- the, the head that was literally all by itself, it went. <laughs> so you got to be careful. You got to be careful. You got to smash that head. <laughs> Everybody say, kill the snake. The last thing that Red Cross says is don't make venomous snakes a pet in your house. You think that would be obvious. I'm like, duh, but some people do it. They're sleeping with the enemy. And they think, well, she won't bite. Yes, she will. She did the last guy, she will with you. Well, he won't mess with me, he won't bite, he won't hit. If he did it, I'm telling you, you've gotta be careful. You've gotta be so careful in this day and age what you allow to fasten on to you. What are you allowing to fasten on to your life? What are you fastening yourself to? In verse 4 of Acts 28, it says, The people watched as the snake was hanging from Paul's hand. 
So look at this. Get, get a picture. The snake bites. I got a snake with me here. Snake bites his hand. And look at verse four. It says the islanders. They watch. Where was Paul's friends? Where were the guys that were going to pull the snake off? It's almost like everybody was just watching him go through this crisis. How many of y'all have ever had people just watching you go through a crisis? And you're like, hello, I could use a little bit of help. A little bit of help now. Got a snake hanging from my hand. Can somebody yank the snake off of my arm, right? Um, but they're just watching. And it says that the islanders came to their conclusions that he must be a murderer. People always come up with their own assumptions about why you're being bit by a snake. People love to come up with their conclusions of why you're going through hard times. And, and they call it prayer meetings. Come on, come on, come on. Now listen, Susie's going through a snake bite right now. We're going to pray for it. But if you ask me, let me tell you why I think she got bit by a snake. Did we ask you? <laughs> and, and then we just jumped to conclusions. Mom, what did you say? Some people, the only exercise they have is... Jumping to conclusions and running down their relatives. Yeah, she said, some people, the only exercise they have is jumping to conclusions and running down their relatives. Hey, can I just... Can, can we be the church that doesn't jump to conclusions when people are going through problems? That instead of jumping to conclusions, we're going to jump and pull the snake off their arm and try to administer some medicine to them in the middle of the snake bite? Nonetheless, these islanders are sitting there, and they're watching him. Mm. He must be in sin. Paul's ministry is not going real well right now. He must be sinning. I mean, if Paul was a great minister, the whole island would be saved, and the snake wouldn't have bit him. What if you're doing the right thing, and you still get bit? What if you have your shield and your sword, and the snake still bites you? I mean, isn't that the story of the Apostle Paul? Like, this wasn't a guy who was living in sin. He was doing the right thing. In fact, he was working. He was trying to serve the islanders. He's picking up sticks, even though he's exhausted. He's weary. Some of you are working even while you're weary right now. And sometimes the devil loves to attack us when we're tired. He loves to fasten himself onto you when you're working, when you're weary. The symptoms of a poisonous snake bite first is blurry vision. You start not seeing things right. When you've been bit by a poisonous snake, you, you start having blurred vision. The second symptom is you start having vertigo. You start spinning in your head. You don't even know where you are. You just start spinning around. And the third symptom is paralysis. And I think there's three reasons why the snake bites Paul. There's three reasons why a snake tries to bite you or me. Number one, the snake bites you to stop you from working to stop you from working. Here Paul is using his hands to work, to serve the islanders. And the snake bites him in the middle of his work. He gets closer to the fire as he's trying to be a part of kindling a fire on the island. The snake bites him to stop him from working. So many people have stopped working in the purpose of God for their life. They've stopped kindling a fire in the church because they've been bitten by a snake in the fire. So here's what it looks like. CJ, can I borrow you for a second? Here's what it looks like. CJ, will you stretch your hand out as a greeter at this church? <laughs> so here CJ's trying to serve God. He's trying to serve. He's at the Dream Center. He's trying to help people. He's out on the worship team. He's in the choir. He's singing. And you know what happens? A snake. <laughs> and, and face the camera. 
<laughs> now look, look, this happens in church. This happens. Because here, here's what will happen. People will be going to a church and they say, well, man, somebody, somebody said something mean to me. The pastor forgot my name. They didn't even acknowledge me. I was serving as an usher and nobody said thank you. Man, I was out in the parking lot and people cussed me out. Man, I was serving in children's church. I was at the Dream Center. I was doing this. I was serving and I just got bit while I was serving. Thank you, CJ. Give him a big hand. I got bit while I was working. And here's what people do. By the way, isn't it interesting? He's bit by the fire. The Bible says that the fire is the all-consuming. The fire is often described as the, the power, the presence of God. When we come together as a church, what we're doing is we're kindling a fire. But don't be surprised if you're near a fire and a snake tries to bite. God may not stop the bite, but he will stop the bite from killing you. In other words, there's going to be people, I mean, life is unfair. Companies are going to do things that they shouldn't do. They're going to let you go. They're going to hurt you at times. Friends are going to betray you. The people you thought would be for you, they're going to hurt you. They're going to lash out. There's sometimes hurt people hurt other people. We can't stop it. The snake bites him as he's near the fire. And here's what a lot of people do when they're bitten by a snake in the fire in a church. They go, man, I'm staying away from the fire. I just, I mean, last time I was near the fire... I got bit, so you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to Bedside Baptist. I'm gonna sleep over here. I'm gonna be at church with Sister Sheets and Brother Pillow. And uh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna watch Brother Joel Osteen on TV. That's my church service. Or Brother Paul Doherty on the Hillsong channel. And, uh, and listen, there's nothing wrong with watching ministry on TV, but you need to be a part of a local church. You need relationship. You need to be together with people. You say, but Paul, people bite. People hurt. They sting. I mean, I, every time I've gotten close to people, every time I get close, it just seems like I get betrayed. People hurt me. And how many fathers have walked away from the work, the calling, to be in the family because they've been bitten by either a child or by someone, a spouse, someone close to them that just said, you're not good at this. You're not good enough. And those words, they latch on and they paralyze men. And so men just walk away from the fire. They walk away from their work. That's what the snake wants to do. The snake wants to stop you from working in the purpose that God's called you to work on. Secondly, the snake bites to stop you from worshiping. You use your hands to worship. I'm going to give you three W's on what the snake wants to stop you from. He wants to stop you from working. He wants to stop you from worshiping. See, Paul was a worshiper. He would use his hands to worship. And what happens is when you're bit by a snake, it's hard to lift your hands. Your hands don't want to be lifted. They get weary. They get tired. And I, I stop wanting to worship. Now listen to me, church. This is so important. This is so important. I remember sometimes snake bites aren't even what people do to you. It's what you do. It's what you do. You get bitten by your own failure. And you get bitten by shame and guilt. And so you come to church and it's hard for you to raise your hands because you feel ashamed in the presence of God. I, I, I remember when I got into some sin my senior year of high school and man, when I went to youth group, when I went to church, I couldn't even sit in the worship service. I had to walk out. I'd be going to the bathroom like 20 times during service because I couldn't be in there. I just didn't feel worthy. And then I remember when my father passed away. Here's another thing that tries to bite you from worshiping. 
I got mad for a little bit. I was, I was confused. I didn't understand why it happened. And, and it was hard to lift my hand. Some people have been bitten and they think that God is their problem. And so they don't wanna lift their hands. That's what the snake wants to do. He wants to stop you from worshiping God because you think God's the cause of all your problems. You think God caused the snake bite. He didn't cause the snake bite, but man, he sure knows how to heal the snake bite. The third thing that the snake bites to try to stop you from doing is from writing. Paul was a writer. He would write half the New Testament. Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Colossians, right? Paul was a writer. His, his goal was to write what God was speaking to him, but the snake bit the place where he was strongest in the body of Christ. He was strongest as being a writer. The Bible says, write down the vision, make it plain so that he who reads it might run with it to fulfill that which has been written. See, writing describes moving towards your future. If you can't write, you can't write the next chapter in your life. You can't move forward with hope that God has more in store for you. So you just start rehearsing the past. The devil tries to stop you from working, from worshiping, from writing. I looked at this and I asked, you know, I was looking on Google and I was trying to find websites that tell you, so what do I do if I have been bitten by a poisonous snake? It said, don't panic. And then it said, keep the wound below your heart. Keep the wound below your heart. I thought that's interesting. And it said, because when it's below your heart, the blood flow, the blood flow, the blood flow, is what it needs most. Don't put a tourniquet around it. Don't, most people think they need to tie it up and isolate the wound. The wound needs the blood flow. And man, as I saw that, all of a sudden it started jumping off. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain, no, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Everybody say, let the blood flow. Let the blood flow. So watch what Paul does. The islanders are watching. He's been bitten by a snake. It's a viper. Vipers are supposed to, by the way, there's lots of different kinds of snakes. There's rattlesnakes, copperheads, water moccasins, mambas, anacondas, boas. We got all kinds of snakes in the world. <laughs> there's coral snakes. They look pretty on the outside, but they're full of venom on the inside. The viper is hanging from his arm. And in verse five, Paul does something here. He does what Taylor Swift tells all of us to do. <laughs> Haters gonna hate, hate, hate. Players gonna play, play, play. Heartbreakers gonna break, break, break. But I'm just gonna shake, shake, shake it off. Come on. Shake it off, Ray. Shake it off, Stella. Shake it off. Somebody say, shake it off. I'm almost done, but this is so important because some of you came in here and you still have the snake fastened to you. You don't realize it. You still got that thing fastened on. You've almost turned it into a pet. Just, just nursing, nursing this. You're just like, oh, okay, well, 
I'm so offended at this person. I'm so mad at them. I'm here, but I don't want to be here. I don't even like them. Blah, 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 blah. I'm mad at God. And, and what's happening is it's sucking the life out of you. It's injecting poison. And when you've got that poison inside you, you're toxic. You start biting back. You start biting your family back. You start biting your coworkers back. They took your company. They took your client list. They tried to do something to you. They were wrong to you. They did something to you when you were a little girl. They said something to you when you were a little boy. You've been holding on to that poison from your dad for too long. It's time to, man, you've got to shake that snake off your arm. You've got to move on. Get rid of that poison. Get rid of the poison of hurt of whatever it is that you shoulda, coulda, wish you woulda done, it's time to move forward. At, at some point, we've gotta shake off our regrets. We've gotta shake off the wounds. There was a long time I was rehearsing. I wish I could have said this to my dad. I wish I would have done this with my dad. I wish that I could have heard this from my dad. I wish, I wish. And at some point, I just gotta stop living in the past. And I've gotta shake it off and say, I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. I can't change what's behind me, but I can change what's in front of me. And I'm going to respond to life. I'm going to shake it off. Now watch what happens. Verse 6. It says, as soon as you shook it off, the people were watching. Everybody say, they're watching. Oh, oh, look. They were expecting him to swell up and die suddenly. There are some people, Sam, that are waiting for you to die. They are waiting for you to fall. They almost find joy in you messing up. Did you know there are actual websites that they, they take joy in watching ministers fail and fall? One of the worst and, and yet the most fueling things I heard my first few weeks of being a pastor, somebody said, you won't last a year. Can you throw me that snake again, Ray? <laughs> you won't last a year as pastor. I'm still here. I'm still here. By the grace of God, it's not me. It's not me. It's by the grace of God. Daniel, can you pass me that snake again? I remember meeting this guy. I worked for a guy when I was 20 years old who, in Maryland, the state of Maryland, I went there to work for a summer and I'm sitting down, I'm interviewing with him. He said, where are you from? I said, Tulsa. He said, man, I hate Tulsa. I said, why? He said, I used to be part of this church. He wasn't looking close at my resume. <laughs> he said, this church called Victory. He said, man, I hate the pastors, Billy Joe and Sharon Darty. I'm just sitting there shrinking in my seat. I'm being interviewed for a job and uh, he says, you know about that church? I said, yeah, a little bit. And uh, he said, man, I, blah, 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 so fake. You can tell when someone's been bitten. Man, I would not hang around someone who's got that venom inside them. If you're hanging out with friends that love to slander other ministries, you either shut it down or you move on from that friendship because that venom's going to get inside you. Stop. It, you never, you never succeed by slandering other people. Don't slander another ministry. Even if they did you wrong, just forgive them and move on. That poison is not worth keeping in your veins. You gotta deject that stuff, get rid of the venom. Whatever they said, whatever they did, just move on. But man, he's just spewing it out. He's just, I mean, he's 
finally looked at him, I said, sir, that's my dad and mom you're talking about. Nobody talks about my mama like that. I'm about to cut you. I'm about to cut the head of the snake off. No, but I said, listen, you got it all wrong. I said, I don't know what happened. Man, by the end of the summer, he came to me in tears. He said, watching you work this summer at this camp, he said, I realized I was in the wrong. Your parents didn't do anything wrong. He said, it was all me. I made up my own little offenses in my head. I was creating, this is what people do. When, when you've been bitten by a snake, you have blurred vision. You start turning everybody into the perpetrator and you're always the victim. You start allowing anything to build up poison on the inside of you. So here's what happens, pay attention, here's what happens. The, the end of the summer, he shakes the snake off, he gets healed, gets restored, and he forgives and he moves on. So these islanders are watching, they're waiting for Paul to die. Some people are waiting for you to die. They're hoping you will fall. Just shake it off, don't fight them back. Paul doesn't shout at them. Paul doesn't say, look at me now. The best way to answer your critics is just to keep on succeeding. Paul just goes, no worries. Verse seven, I'm gonna end at verse 10. So I, I, I promise you we're gonna land this plane. Verse seven, there was a state nearby owned by a man named Publius. That's a good name for your next child. <laughs> if it's your name, I love you, God bless you. The chief official of the island. Now listen, Publius, <laughs> He was wealthy, he was famous, he had status, he had power. But there was one thing that he didn't have in verse eight. And this is where I'm going with Father's Day right here. This is where I wanna end it. His father was sick. You can have everything in the world, but when your father's sick, when you and your dad aren't getting along, there's a wound, there's a hole in the heart that only a father can fill. There's a wound in the world 80% of the inmates in prisons around the entire world have admitted to having a wound from their dad, something between them and their dad. In fact, um, this was a study that was done here in the United States prisons. They gave inmates the chance to write on Mother's Day or Father's Day a card to, for free. They would provide the cards, they provide the mailing, all of that, a gift to give to their mom or to their dad. All the inmates opted for Mother's Day. None opted for Father's Day. When there's a wound in your heart between you and your dad, either he wasn't there for you or he said something to you or he did something to you, it goes with you and you can walk out of this service, you can turn this off on TV, but the wound stays there. So I'd encourage you, just wait five minutes because I might give you something to help you with that wound that's been messing with you. Here Publius is, Publius, whatever you wanna call him, and he's, he's got everything in the world, but he's hurting because his dad's bleeding from the inside. It's internal, self-destructive, Malta fever. So dysentery, now he's now showing on the outside. It's, it's dirty, it's sad, it's nasty. He's dying on the inside. It's starting to surface on the outside. And Paul all of a sudden gets it. This is why I'm here. What if on the other side of your shipwreck, what if on the other side of your storm, CJ, what if on the other side of the snake bite, God has someone waiting for you that only you can heal, that only you can reach? What if there's someone waiting for you to move forward from the snake bite so that you can step into your destiny? All of a sudden, I think Paul is thinking about it. Oh, so I was shipwrecked 
in the Mediterranean Sea. I floated on a plank. I was beaten. I was left for dead. I was starving. I washed up on this island that I've never been to. It wasn't on the itinerary, but here it is. Here's why I'm here. Now I get it. I was bitten by a snake. I was driven from the fire and I'm in this house and he's looking at this father and watch this. I need some help. I need some help. Um, I want to use Al Richardson. Will you step up real quick? It says in verse eight, so Paul walks into the room where the dying father is. And it says, Paul put his hands on his head. Now, remember, this hand was the hand that had been bitten by the viper. The same hand that had been bitten, the same hand that was harmed. Here Paul is, and, and he's probably looking at his hand. He doesn't want anyone to see what he's walked through doesn't want anyone to see what, what happened there. And God says, I'm gonna use the place that you've been hiding as the place to bring healing. I'm gonna use the thing that you're embarrassed about that, that happened to you when you were a little boy, a little girl. I'm gonna use the testimony. Yeah, when, when that happened, you walked in on, on them and you saw that, you had to pick him up. You had to carry him to the hospital. I'm gonna use that testimony, that suicide. I'm gonna use that to bring healing to so many people. The wounds in your hand, the venom, the poison. By the way, did you know the anti-venom that cures snake poison bites, poisonous snake bites, is made from the same poison that bit you? The only way to cure a viper snake bite is for you to take the blood from that viper, the, the very venom that that viper released, to take it and mix it with chemicals. That's the cure for the venom. So here, here's, here's what happens. In fact, Ebola virus just figured this out a few years ago. The cure for the Ebola virus is actually Ebola. They have to find someone who's had the Ebola virus, take the blood of that patient, mix it with chemicals to then administer it on others. The cure for the venom is from the venom. He became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The healing is in the blood. The healing is in the blood. What you've walked through is actually going to bring healing as you stretch out your hand. What you've been trying to hide, what you've been trying to conceal, God says, I want you to stretch it out because I'm gonna use that to bring healing to another generation. I'm gonna use that to bring healing to the fathers in this house. This father is waiting for what you've walked through to stretch out and say, you can be healed. You will be healed in Jesus' name. And that day, the father was healed. Give Al a big hand. Stand up all over this place. Everybody say, shake it off. And reach out your hand. Reach out your hand. I want you to look at your hands. Say, there's healing in my hands. How many have been snake bitten before by life? You've been bitten by discouragement. You've been bitten by temptation. You've been bitten by people who did you wrong. Some of you have been the recipient of so much poison. So many people have tried to poison. They've been trying to just stop you. But you're still here. You're still here. You're still alive. And this was the crazy thing with Paul is everyone was waiting for him to die. And he's, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm going to keep moving forward. There's healing in your hands. God just spoke this to me and I've got to say it. Um, the very thing that tried to kill you, the very place where you've been injured the most is going to be the place that God releases the most anointing out of you. And, and, and the, the stuff that you've walked through, 
The enemy attacks the area where God wants to use you the most. So he attacks the mind because God's gonna use your mind to help more people. He's gonna give you ideas, creativity. He's gonna deliver and download sermons and words and he's gonna give you new inventions and new ideas. He's gonna, he's gonna help you, but the enemy comes after the mind. The enemy attacks your hands because the hands were made to work, the hands were made to worship, the hands were made to write. Some of you have a writing calling on your life. You're called to write your future. You're called to write to other people that are in storms, but the devil's been attacking your hand. He's been bringing all kinds of things against your life, your marriage. Some of you have been attacked in your marriage and God's called your marriage to be a testimony to lead other marriages through the storms they've walked through. Some of you have been attacked with addictions. You've been bitten by certain addictions, generational curses. God says, I'm gonna use what the devil meant for harm for your good. I'm gonna take the poison that tried to kill you. I'm gonna use it to bring cure, healing to so many people in the world. God wants to use you. There's healing in your hands. But I feel to encourage you today that some of you need to shake the snake off of your arm. Shake the snakes out of your life. Whatever it is that's been trying to paralyze you, whatever it is that's latched hold, fastened onto you, it's time to shake it off. With every head bowed, every eye closed, right here, right now, if you're here today and you say, Paul, there's some snakes I need to shake off. I want you to raise your hand all over this place. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Yeah, it could be offense, could be hurt, could be hate could be an addiction, could be temptation, could be a, a toxic relationship, could be some thoughts that you just need to shake out, could be some labels, words that have been spoken over you. You've allowed that to sit on you. It's time to shake it off and get rid of the poison. It's time to let those hands be used for healing. Stop worrying about what other people are thinking and start getting focused on God. If you raised your hand or you're here today and you say, Paul, man, I just need God's grace. I need God's forgiveness. I need God's strength. I wanna get right with God. I want you to leave your seat. Come and join me at this altar. Just step out. Come on, right here, right now. Some of y'all have been waiting the whole service to get down here. It's your time. It's your moment. This snake bite is not going to kill you, but you've got to shake it off. You've got to shake it into the fire. This is exactly what Paul did. He shook the snake into the fire. The fire is the all-consuming God. He wants to burn up the hurt. He wants to burn up the hate. He wants to consume what the enemy tried to use to kill you. God says, bring it to the fire. Bring the words. Bring the abuse. Bring the sexual immorality. Bring the lust. Bring the porn addiction. Bring it all to the fire. Don't hold on to it anymore. This Father's Day, come back to the Father. Come back to the Father. Bring it to the fire. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing. Go ahead, Antonio. Father, you never 